Welcome back to Your 1230, the podcast where our guests tell their story with the help of only 12 questions in ideally 30 minutes. This week, we are thrilled to be joined by Amit Cabra. Look up the definition of obsessed and you'll find a picture of Amit. Amit has spent the last decade figuring out why people do what they do online, what, prompt, what prompts them to take action, and how to use this insight to make marketing work better. Today, she uses that experience to design dazzling campaign strategies for her clients and teach future generations of PPC pros at the university level. Amit, welcome. I'm very excited to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, of course. Uh, what jumps out at me, besides a very well-written bio that I struggle to read every time I look it over, uh, was figuring out why people do what they do online. I thought that was a clever way of kind of putting it out there. Where did that interest stem from? I, um, I think about that actually quite a bit. I think for me, when I was younger, I was quite shy. I was one of those kids who sat in the background and watched everybody and like now I have this really odd ability to predict life events before they even happen. Like I've predicted three divorces, two businesses shutting down before. Like it's weird. It's just like I get fixated on like maybe one singular word. And for some reason, I'll dissect it till I just like have some kind of answer. Um, and I think I really credit the fact that I was so much shyer when I was younger that I used to just sit there and watch people and then be like, why did they do that? Why did they say this? Why did this happen? And then I used to just come to my own conclusions and then eventually I just started reading more about like body language and usage of language and stuff like that. Um, and then it just kind of started all coming together. And then all of a sudden I was like, this is probably the best career for me at this point. Cause I love human behavior and psychology, but math is also like my strongest skill. Like I do math questions in the morning to turn my alarm off. Like I'm that weirdo. <laughs> um, if we could talk in binary, I would. Like, <laughs> there's no doubt in my mind. Uh, so I think it's just a combination of a bunch of random things that just ended up blissfully coming together. Okay. There is a lot there to follow up on. I'm going to do my best <laughs> to make sure I, I get all of it. Um, but first, with the alarm, is it difficult math? What time does that go off? What does that actually look like? Uh, the math goes off at about 730 in the morning. So okay. I... Uh, I'm very lucky now that my life is relatively easier and I don't have to wake up at five o'clock in the morning and get straight to work. Um, so it's around about 7.30 in the morning. It, they're not super duper, uh, they're not super duper hard, but if you were to ask if my brother didn't do them, he wouldn't, like there's no way. Um, he's, a, he's definitely like a people person. Math is not his strong suit either. So uh, they're usually questions of like, I don't know. I think this morning was like seven times nine minus four plus six or something like that. So then you have to sit there and kind of do two equations and then do the last one and then figure it out. Okay. Um, so yeah, they're, I would say like, inter not even intermediate, like slightly harder than beginner just because I know my brain isn't fully on at that point. So I don't want to do calculus level math, but I want to do something that brings me a little bit of joy in the morning. That seems like appropriate math for the morning, maybe on the difficult side. Uh, your poor brother's catching strays, but you, you quickly put in there as a people person. So that, that's, that was a good way to save that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I found really interesting there is you mentioned that uh, be the ability to predict events by watching body language, the way people interact. How have you been able to, translate's the wrong word, but how have you been able to adapt that skill to an online presence or where you're not observing uh, that exact 
you know, the body, it's more of a, I would guess, a behavior or a, a routine as opposed to how somebody carries themselves. And I'm going to stop rambling. I'm going to let you take it from here. Yeah, I think really on the online side of things, you can't really do it for an individual person or individual user. So you have to really look at patterns, um, which is also the same thing that I kind of do with people now. It's just I watch their pattern. Are they continually doing the same thing? Is there something different? Um, and that's the part where it's, if there's something different, that's when I know that something's off, right? Like any, like it's even the same thing, like in dating to a certain degree, right? You, you know, a person to a certain, like, you know, them well enough that you can kind of predict their behavior, but not so well that if there's a change, a lot of people wouldn't think of it where for me, it's immediately I go, you usually don't use this word. Why did you use it this time? Or you usually don't uh like leave within an hour why did you leave or like those random little things um so it's almost the same thing with digital where i'll sit there and watch like recordings of people on website and i'll just keep on watching them until i find one thing that doesn't make sense and then i'll just dissect as much as i possibly can that one action just to figure out what exactly was different about that one person that was outside of the norm for everybody else and how does that become valuable to either your clients, to prospective clients, or why is that important? Uh, it's important just because, one, you want to make sure that your website's actually running the way that it's supposed to be, and that's why I love those recordings. Um, a lot of users don't really know how to use a website unless you tell them exactly how to use it, right? Like, even very tech uh, or well-versed tech people, you, like we're, like, I can't figure out how you want me to use your website unless you tell me how to use it. And I've, I've been on thousands at this point. I've lost count. Um, so I think that's the part where I really have to sit there and focus on it and just be like, why was this one person so different but through everybody else? But then also it kind of helps with figuring out uh, why didn't they convert? Why, why is bounce rate so high? So why are people coming to the site doing nothing and leaving? Like those answers we really want to fix because really at the, the end of the day, the name of the game is generating as many leads as we possibly can. So finding those random anomalies is a really great way to go back and be like, this was different from what everybody else has done. This might be something to look at. Um, so like at one point, I remember one of, our, one of my first clients, uh, such a little train wreck, but like the kindest human being on the planet. He had like a 40 question questionnaire, like his contact form basically. And he sat there. And at this point, I wasn't like as good as I am now because experience and um, just learning throughout the way had it happened. And I remember sitting there and going, I can't figure this out. And I remember I just put on like this recording and I sat there and I'm like, this is why. Like you have 40 questions on your contact form. Nobody wants to fill it out. Reduce it to three and see everything skyrocket. And that was exactly what had happened. Um, but for me, looking at the website, I would have never been able figure that out unless I watch those people actually go through the form, stop at a certain point and be like, forget this and then leave. Um, so it's almost the same thing on this side of things where the form might be too long. Maybe you have four questions, but your users want three. You're never going to figure that out until you actually watch those recordings. So just for clarity, are you watching this in real time? Are you letting the users know this is being recorded? How do you obtain this data? Uh, so there's platforms, we use Hotjar. Uh, so it's basically a piece of code that goes onto your website and then it's able to record. Uh, the users, I don't believe, are aware that they're being recorded, but it's not in real time. It happens. Uh, we watch them after the fact, basically. Uh, and then they also do like heat maps. They'll also do uh, heat maps on form fills and like tell you where people were clicking. So uh, in the video recording, what they'll actually do is pretty nifty. They'll um, they'll 
block out any numbers. So if you're putting in credit card data, we can't see it. Like we'll never be able to see it. Um, but even like prices on the website, because it's a number, they just go, nope, we're not showing you any of that. Um, but what you can do is watch this person go through the website, scroll up, scroll down, go to the navigation, maybe leave, come back. Uh, but then you also get to watch their clicks. So they might click on a photo and then go off somewhere else and then click on something else. And you actually just watch that whole pattern. And sometimes that's really insightful too, because we don't really know, maybe the pictures, the configuration of the pictures is incorrect. Like it's usually not because people, I don't think think about pictures that like that hard, but like, I, I that's like a, a consideration in my head where I'm like, should it be a different picture in the front? Should it be another one? Is this going to promote this or is this, gonna make this person stay a little bit longer. Um, yeah, it's really fascinating. Honestly, I kind of, it's, a it's really creepy. I totally understand it's very, very creepy, um, but it brings me slight joy just to sit there and be able to figure out what the one difference is between everybody. This episode of Your 1230 is brought to you by Accomplished RE, helping real estate agents achieve time, location, and financial freedom. I didn't. I wouldn't say creepy necessarily. Um, I, you're not following these these people to, to where their next uh, stop online is, and you're not watching them or listening to them. So, I, not creepy. It, I mean, it's fascinating for sure that you get to just observe their behavior and pick up. And what you've mentioned in almost um, a couple of different things we talked about is the pattern piece, and that's what I I, I would guess is what the interesting or the, what ties it all together for you, or why why you've been drawn uh, to this line of work. Who, who are your clients for the most part, and do they do they have anything in common? Is there something or some background that you've worked well with or that you like to work with? Uh, I think commonality between our clients isn't really there. I think really the biggest thing is a, a lot of my business is um, like referrals. A lot of it was word of mouth, and that's where basically a lot of our clients have come through. Um, now it's starting to change a little bit because we're a bit more active on social media and our newsletter and all that stuff, but. Um, for a very long time, uh, it was just it was just word of mouth. So that was the commonality it was just the fact that I would sit around talking to people about ads all day, every day, expect nothing from them. And then suddenly I was the expert because I took that time to actually educate that person versus being like, here's my rate sheet. Give me two fifty an hour or whatever the heck people are charging these days for consulting. Um, I didn't really take that route. And I'm actually very glad that I didn't because it worked out for me at the end of it all. Um, so it was a little bit of a long game, but I think for clients now, we're kind of reevaluating everything. We're kind of in that weird phase where we're like, let's change things. Let's see what happens. Like, why not? Let's try something new. So, um, we've been kind of looking at possibly just focusing on service-based businesses. Lead generation seems to be a really sweet spot. Econ is really great. Um, but sometimes requires a bit more money and that is a little bit hard for especially new businesses. Um, and then especially with the Facebook iOS 14 update, and now ads are slightly less effective. They're not completely ineffective, um, but they're kind of, you kind of start seeing that dip and it's kind of, it's a little discouraging. I'm such a numbers person. that like, I just can't sit there and watch these numbers kind of slowly drop. And I'm like, I can't do anything about it. Um, so that's why lead generation is kind of becoming a bigger thing for me. Cause I'm like, at the very least, we can work closely with that client and be like, was that lead qualified? And then kind of backtrack from there and be able to kind of narrow down a bit further where with e-com, it's either they purchased or they didn't. That's kind of the end of it. Um, so, yeah, we've been kind of toying around with just actually going. We strictly only do service. Um, 
or lead generation kind type of businesses. And um, it's been interesting so far. We haven't quite pulled the trigger yet, but it's been interesting just like talking about those things and thinking about what else that we have to consider in terms of language towards those people as well. So have you, as you've built out your social media, your website, your lead generation, have are you following your own advice? Have you found that it's difficult doing it for yourself or as a client, or is it just, I know this works, this is what the data is telling me, I'm going to plow forward with it? It's a mix of both. Um, simply, like for us, it's just finding the time and the day to actually implement it on our own end. Um, like, I think we're just so client focused that we're just like, let's, if, if we can fit our, ourselves in, let's do it. If we can't, then we can't. Um, so it's always kind of really funny because even with like the newsletter and stuff like that, we, we're very inconsistent. If you're on our newsletter, you'll know that for a fact. We're very inconsistent. Uh, social media has always been the same way where we're like, yes, we're great for about four months. And then suddenly like we get too busy and then that's the end of it. Um, so I started putting in like or hiring actually just more people to help with that. So now we have somebody who's dedicated to social media um so hopefully everything continues to go well with her where we just you know i let her just deal with everything um same thing on the newsletter front we have a copywriter now that kind of does half client copy work and then half of our our side uh so that way we still keep things rolling because it's it's important especially like if we want to grow that's the only way we're going to do it is it's actually doing the work that gets us those leads um because i word of mouth only goes so far really at this point, right? I can continually ask my friends to send referrals, but if they don't have any referrals, they don't have any referrals. Um, so that's kind of the biggest thing where I'm like, okay, we can't sit here and stay like stagnant. We actually have to continue pushing forward. So um, that realization of putting people in uh, positions where they actually could help us do that was probably the biggest game changer for us really at this point in the recent, recent months. That's super, so fascinating. And I, I, I it's important to highlight that a referral-based business is a very important milestone and impressive because it's tough to get to. Not a lot of, especially service-based or businesses that are in your sphere strive for that because it's so difficult and you need to keep raising that bar, keep doing a good job. And as you said, it's relying on the people that you've worked with to talk you up to people they know and kind of mm-hmm. stick their neck out for you as opposed to just having a a larger funnel and you know seeing whoever comes through and just... You, the uh, you know the e-commerce model is are they going to buy or not? But when you when you're working referral based, that it's the you're providing a very valuable service, and not only are you saying so, but your clients are agreeing with you so much so they want to introduce you to uh, the people they work with. So uh, I think that's very impressive. There's nothing wrong with that at all. So no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm very lucky. I got very very lucky. Um, you've, you're good at what you do. That's that's I mean you're also modest, that's but that's that's that's, that's, that's what yeah. it is. You're you're damn good at what you do. <laughs> Uh, one thing you mentioned, and I'm going to mess up the, uh, you meant, I think it's iOS 14, you said with the, the update, but with, I'm sure everything changed, not everything, but formulas, algorithms change rather frequently. Mm-hmm. How, how do you stay on top of it? And what, what, what can you rely on for reliable or accurate data? What I'm sure there's, there's less than accurate info out there as well. Yeah, I think for me, I have the same resources that I've been using for years on end in terms of getting updates on what's happening on the platforms and stuff like that. Um, For us, it's been like, because we're strictly ads, it's a bit different where a lot of for organic social and stuff like that, a lot of people are like, we can't figure it out. We have to, like the algorithm changed. Now we have to figure out the algorithm all over again, where for ads, 
Um, it does change to a certain degree, um, but there's still ways to continually manipulate it, I guess, in a way, because if we already know who our target audience is, then we're just targeting those people. And that, at that point, if it's still not effective, then we're looking at our ad copy, we're looking at creative, we're looking at opening up, maybe our targeting and seeing if we just go a bit more general, could that possibly help? And then we kind of scale back. So that's what we're kind of doing well with most of our clients, but I was just talking to one recently. So that's why it's kind of fresh in my mind where they're um, an orthodontist. And what we ended up doing was just changing the strategy ever so slightly where we went strictly only lead generation. And they were maybe getting about 11, 12 leads a month, which was fine for them. Um, but then eventually what we actually thought about doing was like a 65, 35 split. So 65% would be lead generation and 35% would be just bringing traffic into their website. And that's the only purpose of it is just bringing people to the website. Uh, so the ads, you look at them, they're a bit more educational in the sense of like, this is who we are. This is what we do. We do 0% interest on payment plans and that kind of stuff. We're like the latter half of the campaign where we're actually trying to bring in the conversions is uh, affordable orthodontics. Uh, you'll leave with a smile, like those kind of things of what to expect when they actually leave the office. And what we actually noticed in the July report actually is that June was like 11 leads this month was 29. And that was just like this little shift in just changing 100% lead conversions to 65 lead conversions, 35 just for what seems meaningless. Um, and suddenly like the, we just saw a massive shift and we're sitting there going, okay, well, we're not gonna touch this. I'm not changing my strategy now. This is fine. We'll see how this goes. And, uh, and this client is fantastic, although he'll always just sit there and be like, do you need more money? And I'm like, give me about two months. Let me figure this out first. Cause he's just like, let's hit it while the iron's still hot. And I'm like, yeah, but adding money quickly into a campaign could also be something that's gonna completely ruin it as well. Um, because sometimes the platform goes, oh, I have all this money now. What do I do with it? And suddenly we're wasting it. So I'm like, I'd rather do it incrementally and slowly, which I know doesn't sound super appealing to a lot of clients, but it's the most foolproof really at this point. And I would rather take the foolproof route than to sit there and just squander thousands of dollars and then sit there and be like, well, you gave me the money. This is your fault. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so many so many interesting things there but i want to ask the timing piece how do you know when you've reached a say a critical mass or just a point that's like okay this is working this isn't working is it different for each each kind of campaign each ad or how how can you tell that uh, i think it just really boils down to what the data is really telling us so i think for us um i'll look at campaigns and try to figure out if there is enough data. So a lot of people will try to make, especially like in Google ads, a lot of people will be like, oh, I got three clicks and this campaign's not working. And I'm like, that's not enough. That's three people walking through your retail store saying, hey, I don't want what you're selling. And I'm like, I can guarantee retail stores get hundreds of people walking through their stores and not purchasing anything. Um, so for me, it's always just like, I won't judge anything unless I see a hundred, maybe 200 clicks. Um, and then from there, I'll sit there and try to evaluate how many people actually saw the ad and then how many people actually clicked on it. And then from there, what was the conversion rate? Did we see a lot of people stay and actually buy or submit their lead or did they leave right away? And then you go back to the hot jar part where you're like, let's watch what they were doing on the site. And it just kind of becomes this whole, it's, a, it's like basically a massive production after a certain point where you're just like, oh, I'm just going to keep on doing the same thing, like same five steps over and over again. Uh, it's long, it's tedious. I enjoy it. It's kind of fun, but 
um, it really just boils down to what you deem to be statistically significant. And for me, it's a couple hundred clicks. Uh, for some people, it's a hundred. Some people are like, I want to see a thousand before I do anything. Um, I think a thousand might be a bit too much, especially if you're paying a dollar per click, then that's a thousand dollars down the drain. You're just like, that was a, that was an expensive test. That was a very expensive test. Uh, so for me, I'm like maybe about two, $300. And then at that point I'm like, okay, it's safe to say this doesn't make any sense. We're going to cut it off. And then we move up forward with whatever looks like it's winning. So that would come down to the, the conversions. And that's the beauty of all this. I and mean, this is a very specific set of skills. We've already established you're very good at this, but it is a nice combination of art and science where you are data driven, you know what you're looking for, but there is no, all right, if I hit, you know, if I hit this critical, you know, this number, this statistical uh, blueprint, this is where I want to be, that there is the kind of got to play with it and that you, you balance those two pieces well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would guess that when you're talking with uh, a probably a prospect or somebody who's thinking of working with you, is there ever a time where they are not ready to go down this path or that they have other avenues they should explore first? Or what does that look like? Uh, I think a lot of businesses uh, believe that ads are like this switch where you turn it on and suddenly there's so much revenue and um, leads coming in. And that's not, it's not, that's not how this works. Unfortunately, I wish. Uh, so with us, with clients, we ask them for 90 days, basically. We're like, like three months, we need to figure this out. We don't know right off the bat. Like sometimes we turn it on, we might be wrong, right? There needs to be a period of trial and error. Yes, we do know what we're doing and we're also very good at it, but we also don't know what we don't know. Um, and that takes time to figure out. So I we usually kind of put it down in that frame where we'll be like, well, if this is a suggested budget and this is our management fees and this is going to cost you, let's say $10,000 over the next three months, can your business weather that storm? Um, and then usually the answer is I no, if they're not ready, because they don't have revenue points where it's actually, okay, we can spend 10 grand over three months. And if we lose it all, it's okay. Like at least we tried. Um, obviously the aim is not that at all, but like <laughs> it's one of those things where I'm like, if I put it in like the scariest terms for you and it completely terrifies you, then maybe you're not quite ready. Um, but then also like really new businesses still don't really know who their audience is. And that takes time to figure out. And yes, you can use ads to expedite it, but again, you need to be prepared to weather that storm of X hundreds, thousands of dollars before you can actually like step forward and, and, uh, start advertising. So if, if there's a question of who that ideal customer, who that audience should be, I'm sure you'll assist with that, but do you, are you relying on them to tell you who who you should target or how if there's there ever a disagreement on hey this is this is who should be the uh, target for your audience a, a little bit i think some clients are very um like i mean it's their business at the end of the day and they know it better than i will ever know it regardless of how much i try um but it's a, it's usually with the newer companies that you kind of see it where they're like yeah we're targeting people that are 24 to 36 and they're all female and then suddenly the data is suggesting something completely different and that's just simply because they haven't been in the business long enough to actually really identify who those people are so the people that they might be meeting at let's say farmers markets might fit that uh audience but like if they were to go anywhere else, that likely wouldn't be the same story. And they just haven't done that enough to be able to actually concretely say, yes, this is my target audience. So that's why we like using reports from Google Analytics and even just from ads and Facebook or whatever 
um, to sit there and be like, okay, well, these are the people that are showing up. Data is not lying. Like I, like I can't make this up. It's being directly pulled from the platform. This is who we're targeting. And that usually kind of helps shape um, what they end up doing even organically on their social fronts or newsletter fronts. Cause I'm like, well, if your audience is actually men from 30 to 35 uh, shopping for their girlfriends, not necessarily the girlfriend actually shopping for herself, then maybe our copy needs to say the same exact thing. And then maybe there's a little bit of a pivot um, in terms of your service offerings. And who knows, maybe you might be able to raise your rates because he's last minute shopping for things that he should have gotten months ago, right? So like there's opportunity. It's just a matter of being willing to listen to what the data is telling you. And that's a nice tie in that if you've got a better idea or you've got a, a statistical representation of who that audience is and when and how they're purchasing that you may have a price adjustment. There might There's just so many different factors going into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I could easily ask you questions about this all night, but I will, I will stop here. If, <laughs> if our listeners uh, want to find you or want to work with you or learn more, where can they do that? Uh, so our website is uh, hopskipmedia.com. Uh, on social media, I'm AdWords Girl, so A D W O R D S G I R L. Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram is probably our most active right now. It's just I use it as an educational platform, and it's been really great. So if you're wanting to learn more about ads, I would I I mean self promotion, but like I would totally recommend that as a resource. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's basically where you could find us in terms of like services. And then if you want to learn more, then AdWords Girl is the handle to follow. So we will post all those and self-promotion. Absolutely. Okay. Given given all the uh, valuable information that uh, you share with us. But I, I and I am reminded that I should have asked you about that earlier. You mentioned that the approach was to have a real conversation with prospective clients, with people that you're working with, as opposed to here's my rate sheet. Do you want to work with me or not? And that's paid dividends. Have you seen that with the uh, educational approach with either the uh, Instagram feed or anywhere that you're putting out information that it's bringing back either uh, business that you were not necessarily targeting or not expecting or just created new new revenue streams for you possibly? Yeah, it wasn't really planned on my end. It was more of a, I just want to teach people about ads. I've always, I mean, I love ads. Like it's my entire life. I want people to be more excited about them, which is why I actually teach it at the university level now where I'm like, I want people to be stoked about this. Um, and so it kind of just started as like a random thing where I was like, let's try it. Let's see what happens. And what I actually ended up noticing a couple of years ago is that people would contact and be like, oh, we actually want to hire you for this. Um, and now it's, we want to hire you guys because somehow my freelancing snowballed into an agency and I'm still trying to figure out how that, how that even happened at this point. Um, and yeah, so now it's just one of those things where it's actually part of our lead generation. So we've been able to pick up like actually really great, amazing clients that have stayed with us for quite some time. And even the ones that have left, um, always kind of come back and they're just like, it's just not quite ready. Like, we're just not quite ready. We'll be, we'll be back in X, Y, Z time. So our relationships with people are great are actually possibly even better than the referral side of things. Just because like, like we spent that time talking to them either in DMS or they've had like booked calls with us and we sit there and we just keep on educating them as, as much as we possibly can. Um, because I think the more power or the more knowledge people have, the better decisions they'll be able to make at this point. Um, and if I know that I'm the better decision, then 
you'll make me that decision, right? So, one hundred percent there, because if if they are making an informed decision, then it works out better for both of you, and it also shows it's like this person is not trying to take advantage of me. That you know, right. I mean, wants me to have the all the proper information, so I I know what I'm talking about, and if it makes sense for us to work together, we will. And uh, that's just a, it's a really strong business foundation and just outside of being excellent at what you do you you run a good operation clearly if if that's the way that uh you know, you've built your business um and you've mentioned it so I, i've got to ask what does the course look like or teaching this to university you know college kids are they what are they learning or what are, what are you teaching them what are they walking uh, out of that class with so for me unfortunately it's not exactly what i want to be like full-on teaching I would love to be able to like I mean I could do it in a course form but I just like just never really wanted to be that person um for whatever reason and now I'm reconsidering all of that I'm like maybe uh but at the university level I actually teach two courses so one is organic digital tactics and the other one is paid tactics so organic digital goes over email marketing social media uh just content in general and then SEO as well uh the paid tactics is very specific to paid tactics but with universities you kind of have to follow their rubric and kind of figure it out from there which is why it's like slightly un an ideal but kind of is being I, very polite there i'm just going to jump yeah. in yeah so there's this is a lot of red tape and a lot of <laughs> it really is so like for me I, I it was an opportunity i just couldn't pass up so i've always wanted to teach um and it's at an actual university it's not like a, a, i mean random low colleges are still wonderful but like for me, I was like, this is it. This is exactly what I've wanted my entire life. Um, so I, I took the chance and went, maybe one day I'll be able to actually dictate what's in there if they actually let me. So it's kind of a long game on my end. I'm the queen of playing the long game, apparently. Um, I was going to say the exact same thing. You've established <laughs> that you are excellent at the long game. So keep I have playing. the patience in me somehow. Um, so yeah, so it's uh, we'll go over Twitter, LinkedIn, Google Ads, Facebook Ads. Um, it was very important to me to make sure that Google Ads was a, a really big part of that course. And probably three modules is dedicated just to Google Ads and there's seven modules in the entire thing. So basically 50%, um, just because it's such a hefty topic and it's probably one of the more stable platforms out there right now, um, that I was just like, I really want to make sure that Google Ads is a, a core component of, of this course. And that's basically how it's been. So it's a bit of a mix of reading material and also just video content that i've created so it's asynchronous so people can do it whenever they want really within like a certain time limit uh so my job basically now is just to answer questions and my homework so um when i have a bit of free time i'll start adding random videos so they'll be like this is how i do this and this is how i did this um and i it's been working out pretty well i would like to believe yeah i mean that's a, a skill set in a course that could literally help anybody business owner entrepreneur or you know consumer it's like what 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 behaviors are they looking you know our business is looking out of mind so that's just super valuable information and uh, i do get the opportunity to talk to lots of folks on the show very rarely do for you know for half an hour have you just lit up and just with complete excitement talked about what you do and it comes i mean if everyone's just listening to us but i'm telling you just the the enjoy like the joy and this the happiness that you get talking about this it makes me happy and i feel like i smile like like an idiot just listening to you here but uh, it's <laughs> you know it's uh, i can tell that you're excited about the work that you do and uh it it, it shows so um Last question for me, is there anything I didn't ask you that I probably should have during our time together here? Ooh. Um, 
No, I don't really think so. I think we covered like a lot of bases here, actually. There was a, yeah, quite a bit covered. So I think we did a pretty good job. Excellent. Okay. Well, Amit, this was a ton of fun. I will post everything that we talked about. And, um, you know, I, for anybody out there listening that uh, wants to learn more about any of the things that we talked about, because this is a ever evolving world, um, please reach out to Amit. She's uh, quite a, uh, quite a personality and she's, She's excellent at what she does. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. You got it. Look forward to next time.